Hey everybody, you're kicking it with the Homeboys and the Homeboys Podcast, where we talk everything in the world of real estate investing. Whether you're just getting started or a seasoned vet, we're going to give you over 40 years of combined real estate experience to help you on your investing journey. Today, we got a really exciting guest. We are talking with David Shaw of West Florida Invest. He shares a lot of the same thoughts on real estate that the homeboys do, and we're very excited to have him. He's a very seasoned real estate investor in the Tampa market, exceptionally smart, and has a passion for educating other investors. David, how we doing? It's good to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. It's doing great, guys. That's a proper pleasure to be here today. Um, I listen to you guys a lot, so this is going to be cool. Well, I look forward to getting stuck in. When you talk, I listen. I I just got to the pleasure of getting to watch you at, uh, you and I were both on a a seminar recently, and and I literally sit back and break, break out, broke out a notepad. When you were talking, I'm not not exaggerating. <laughs> so I think for our guests, um, if you're a serious investor or if you're just getting started, there's nobody who explains the power of building wealth through real estate better than David Shaw. He doesn't even bother usually trying to sell you on what how he makes a living. He's just that passionate about real estate that he shares some amazing insights that that. Even seasoned investors like Clint and I love to sit back and listen to. So strap in, you guys are going to get a good show. Today. Yeah, we had to, we had to follow him in that in that uh, particular um, seminar that we were, and I felt like I didn't really need to say anything because it was already said because he went before us. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but anyhow, how how is everything in the Tampa area? I'm sure the weather's awesome as always, and we're just stuck here in Drurio, Indiana. But everything good. <laughs> Definitely the weather's fine today. Um, it's good every day down here. You know, the real estate market continues to be pretty robust. So, uh, you know, the, 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 the doom and gloomers on, on YouTube, um, they definitely, they're not getting the, what I see on the ground in the Tampa market right just yet. Maybe they'll be right sometimes. The stop clock is, is right from time to time. But um, no, it's pretty busy down here on the ground. Uh, in the investment world, uh, it's just as robust as it's kind of ever been. You know, me and Scotty were there. I mean, that's probably been about, gosh, has that been 10 years ago? Eight years ago, maybe? Yeah, Tampa? Yeah. And I've been with Jamie since, and then I go there all the time, yeah, as you yeah. know. Well, I whenever was you there. and I were there. Yeah. And I you know, I remember looking at houses. We went around and looked. Oh, when we were bit. looking to buy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, out of Treasure Island and, and uh, Madeira yeah. Beach. Gosh, yeah. you know, and it's hard to live in the rearview mirror, but, man, I look back at that uh, that trip 10 years ago and now see where everything's at in Tampa. I'm like, gosh, what are we, what yeah, were we, we were thinking? We, we offered. We were lowballing the crap out of No, but we had one where we offered 340 and they countered finally at 350 and we said no. Yeah. And the house is a million. I mean, it's a million dollars <laughs> today, but whatever. Gosh. Rearview mirror. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah. You know, it's funny you guys say that. It's as I look back at my entire career, it's 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 not the deals I got that I regret. It's the deals I didn't get. I know. It's the deals I stuck my heels in and I was right there, five thousand apart, and my ego and everything else got in the way. Yep. And I look back at those deals now, I'm like, damn, you know, we didn't get that done for five grand. I've had and this t- is something We've had tons of deals where we have lost money on tons, but I don't regret a single one of them. I don't regret a single one, not a single one. I mean that I regret the ones that we didn't do. 
So, you know, it's, it's, I, there's a I, couple that still give me a stomachache whenever I think about it. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, they, they hurt, yeah. but I'm still glad I would much rather err on the side of, of, you know, buying than, than missing. Right. But, you know, all right. So, so tell us, you are so passionate about you. I know you're, you flip in order to help your clients and help them build their real estate portfolio. But That's your right. true passion is about the holding of real estate. If you could hold right. every piece of real estate you ever touch, you would, right? You just, right. That, that's right. You just gobble them all up, but that's not realistic. You know, we all have our limits and you like helping other people build their wealth. So what is it about real estate that has you so, so impassioned about this topic? It's because real estate has completely and utterly changed my life. I, I started off my career. I was a construction project manager. Um, I'm Irish, just to get that out of the way. I'm, a, I'm an immigrant. Um, I moved over here uh, originally in 1994, and I did the W-2 uh, income, working my tail off, construction project management, um, lived in San Francisco, lived in New York, and went back to Ireland then for a few years. And that whole period of my life, I was just working for other people, W-2, um, getting paid well, um, but, you know, really, really just dis disinterested in what I was working on. And I moved back here. I got into real estate over in Europe in 2000, 2004, 2005, as the EU was expanding. Um, I was looking at <clears throat> investing personally in, you know, in these inner city um, apartments in Warsaw and, you know, Riga and, and Berlin and places like that that were really just joining the EU and funding and financing were available in these markets. So Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, and the Czech Republic, um, Germany, Montenegro, and I was buying some stuff in, in these kind of places. And then I, you know, I got real passion for it. So I gave up my job and I went to work for a real estate company in Dublin. And in that, you know, I, I saw a lot of how to do things and how not to do things. And this was just really just to figure it out. I took the, a massive pay cut to go work at a sales department for a, for a real estate company, but just to understand it, you know, so uh, from there, you know, uh, I, I was I was working in and projects in, um, in Argentina, Buenos Aires, in, in Costa Rica, and, uh, Panama City, and then 2007, 2008 rolled around, and I just saw the greatest opportunity because when I was living in in, in the United States, I had bought some properties down in Florida, some vacation homes, and so 2000. And, Five, 2006 rolls around and I just get these spidey senses. So a, a, a lady in Florida one night sent me, uh, she said, David, you've got to buy this deal. This is down in Orlando. She said, you've got to buy this deal. It's amazing. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting at home um, in Dublin, going through the contract, doing some research. I'm like, man, this thing doesn't pencil out. There's no part of this pencils out. In fact, not only does it pencil out, but this is crazy. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is selling out overnight. Like, get that back to me by the morning. I was like, no, no, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to start selling everything because if this is so, this is how my brain worked at the time. So I went out, and I sold my, I owned two houses in Ireland. I sold them. I sold everything I owned all over the place. So I went into 2006, 2007, having having sold everything, right? So this is just a, the reason I tell you this is because these are this is at the time I felt like a genius as as I look back as one of the greatest regrets of my life. Because I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was jumping out. I was, I was trading right, you know. But then, 2000, so 2007, 2008 rolled around. 
And I'm sitting there, I've got cash in my pocket. I'm like, where is the best opportunity in the world right now? And it was it was the United States. The US dollar was under serious pressure from a currency perspective at that time. It was, so the US dollar was on sale. And then US real estate was down by 50 or 60% in yeah. Florida. We, we had every Canadian, so no, every Canadian and every Australian on the planet, you right. know, showing up here by gobbling yeah. up our real estate. That's exactly right. So I, I, I jumped over and I set up a company and we were specialized in taking down all these condo conversions that couldn't sell their stuff. So all these condo conversions, there was, there was hundreds of condo conversions all over the state of Florida. But, you know, they became unfinanceable overnight. So Americans didn't want them. The institutional hedge funds weren't there yet. So, you know, I kind of specialized in taking down these deals that were too small for the big guys are too, you know, too big for the small guys and too small for the big guys. So these 30 to like 80 units, 30 to like maybe 100 units, I'd grab them and put them on the contract over here. And we bring them out, we'd sell them over to Spaniards, Italians, Swedes, Danish, Norwegians, Irish, English. And so I did that between two, and made, we made great money. Between so you were basically selling condo wholesaling condo yep. conversion projects yep. yeah you wouldn't have to close your, on your purchase because mm-hmm. you'd have them sold before you would have to even close that's exactly yeah. that's exactly right we just get option contracts yeah. how cool and so that? we did that did that a, did that a, you know maybe 1500 times so and put that in perspective and then i but i just you know i went into a i went into a bank over here i moved back over so i, I moved back home to the states in 2008 2009 and i went into a lender one day and a lender said you know i was trying to buy a couple of houses for myself and the lender said well you know you're doing great you're, you know you're knocking it out and you can you get some conventional loans but i was trying to set up i was trying to acquire a, a, a bigger portfolio and the lender came back to me and said you know what come back to me when you've done a few of these flips come back to me when you've like you've been principal on a couple of these these deals where you actually buy them and they show me when you got a track record that took that kind of hit me for six so i just like you know what i'm going to stop this kind of selling of other people's inventory i'm going to just i'm only going to exclusively work on my own inventory that's when i started flipping houses so in 2012 13 start flipping our first houses and 750 houses later here i am um in terms of you know from a flipping perspective now I, I, I just need to say this because we're, we're, we're going to talk about this today. Flipping is just a job. It's a well-paid job, but it's just a job. It's no different than any other job. You work your tail off from morning to night. You get up. You're full of stress. Flipping is just a job. You guys know that. And then you flip and, one And it's two, not a think, very good job either. It's funny because before job. the show started, you we, we had some behind-the-scenes conversations. You're dealing with roosters, uh, you know, next door to one of your Airbnbs. Clint's over yeah. here having to run out and deal with our landscaper who had a gravel truck delivered. I'm having to yeah. deal with fire emergencies. It's not the greatest job in the world, but it job. allows us to build wealth through real estate. So anyway, it's, it's an awful it, job. It, it is an awful job. It's a well-paid job, and the IRS love you for it. That's all I'll say. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But what the job does, what flipping does, it, 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 there is an advantage to it in that it gets you in front of sellers, so you get to see decent deals. You get to learn how to negotiate a little bit. But all the flipping really does is it gets you, if, 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 if wealth is, if you are separated by wealth, and there's a river between you and wealth in the way, a good job or flipping homes gets you to just the other side of the river and allows you to put one rock in the river. But in order to get across to wealth, you've got so money 
just gets you to the other side of wealth. All you have is money now. You don't have wealth. You don't have, you're, you're not wealthy yet. You've just got money. You might have made a million dollars last year or 600,000 or 2 million. But all you've got is dollars. If you want to be wealthy, you've got to get across that raging river. And on the other side of that river is, is wealth land. And so you need to put stepping stones in that river to get you across that river, to use the wealth analogy. And so flipping, flipping, being a doctor, being a, you know, being a well-played entrepreneur, any of these, any of these activities simply allow you play the game of, of creating wealth. So, you know, we can, we can branch out right here. We can say, okay, well, let's talk about what creates, what, what is wealth and what, what creates wealth or how do you do flipping? So, that's just really, really quickly on the flipping side, because you need a certain amount of capital to play the game. To play the game of wealth creation with real estate is a privilege. So in the flipping business, you know, we go to work every day. For a lot of people, they, they the first question your average flipper is going to ask you or somebody who wants to get into the business is like, I don't have the money, right? So I think you guys deal with this every day in your podcast. So you know, learn how to wholesale, learn how to direct market to a seller. Learn how to underwrite a deal. I can everything stems from there. Go get an underwriting sheet. Go get access to your local MLS. Identify what the the price per square foot is of a home in this neighborhood and negotiate a different price per square foot in the same neighborhood. And from there, you know, just arbitrage that difference between what you can negotiate for. And what you can sell the home yeah, for, so you're and saying, learn how to underwrite that. So, just to summarize what you're saying there is, if if you're not in the position to be able to start building that wealth yet, but you really want into real estate, you focus yeah. on the education part of yourself first. So you you yeah. get access to the MLSs, you start learning the market, you gather that information while you're you know broke and learning. It's a great time that you can still take a bunch of steps that are going to pay off huge dividends later, even though you don't have money. And then he's talking about almost step two, which is you can get into real estate with no money through a lot of different means. There's wholesaling, there's um, hard money loans that you can go out and get. And I know that doesn't seem possible for a lot of people who are broke. Hard money is available. It just is. Yeah. You can get it. So there's it, a lot of it's means. It's never money. Just to summarize it, kind of what he was saying. That's right. Learn how to underwrite a deal. It's simple. Just Google it. Learn how to underwrite a deal, which is like, what do I buy it for? You know, what my renovation costs are, what my purchase costs are, you know, what my soft costs are, what my, my funding costs are, what my origination fee, what my selling costs are, you know, what are my costs while I own the property? Is there any realtor fees when I sell it? All of that. Learn how to put all of that into a spreadsheet so that all you're toggling is the amount that you pay for that property. Everything else is fixed. It, what it's worth when it's done is fixed. Your renovation costs, it's fixed. You can't change any of these things. These are the things that need to get done. The only thing that you can change is what you pay for it. Once you understand how to underwrite a deal, then you can make an offer on a deal. Once you can make an offer on a deal, you get a contract on a deal. Once you have a contract on a deal and it makes sense, you can walk that into any RIA meeting anywhere in the country and get that deal funded if it makes sense to the local guys in that room. And from there, you get your first deal done. And I've always, I've always said this about flipping. The first one is the hardest one you'll ever do. And you'll give away the, you'll give away everything in order to get that first deal done. But eventually you'll do one deal three times. You make 20 grand or 30 grand and you'll do that one deal three times. And then just like spinning plates on, on, on sticks, 
You get that one deal done three times, then boom, you'll learn how to get one deal going and then you'll learn how to get another one going simultaneously. And now you got two going. So instead of making 20,000 every three months, you're making 40,000, like you're making 40,000 every three months. And I'm just using round numbers here, but then eventually you can stick. That's so easy getting two deals going. It becomes so easy that you get three. Then it gets exponential. You go from three to six, from six to nine, from nine to 18. And when you're renovating and flipping 18, 19, 20 homes at a time, then you start generating proper money. You have to build a team around that. I'm not simplifying these things, but the first two or three, they're the hardest. But what we're going to talk about, which is the most important message that we can get across today, is that takes up 100% of your time and will take up 100% of your life. And at the end of year two or year three or year four, you might make 500,000. You might make a million dollars in a year. The IRS are going to come in and they're going to take a huge amount of it in one go. And that happens enough times you're like, okay. I, I need to figure out the wealth thing. Yeah, so you've, so, become, you've become a high earner. So at this point, you're, right. there's just like many Americans out there that are high earners. You, it, it doesn't come with an automatic knowledge download into your brain that teaches you how to turn high income into wealth. It's, that right. is a skill that most people don't have that hasn't been taught. And it's the, the secrets of the wealthy are pretty simple. It's, it's assets. And we're going to now talk about once you've become that uh, for high earners, or you build it from scratch, starting with one house and then two. But how you turn that high income now into wealth right. is the most important thing. It's a very thing. important lesson. And I think that you know we, we've touched on it on here before. I forget if it's the millionaire mind or the millionaire next door, but shall they talk about um, income statement wealthy versus balance sheet wealthy. You know, and it talks about many people that are high earners that are income statement well, wealthy, but then look like crap, you know, on their balance sheet. So I think that's a, a great book. Do you remember which one it is? Both of those are great books. Yeah, I, I think that's the millionaire mindset because millionaire next door is more about stories yeah. of people who build wealth um, but, with with lower end. But anyhow, very important to distinguish between the two, and that's what we're going to get into, uh, you know, right now. So that, that's it, I love this segue because you know how you make your money. We just you know hit on how you can make some money in, in real estate, but what you do with it is so, so important. Now, to give you some backdrop, I'm 51 years of age right now, and I'm pretty passionate about this because time, you know, the time that you're alive, the time that you're active, most people don't really start to really make serious money until they're in their mid-30s. It's just the truth, right? And if if you're listening to this and you're under 35 and you're earning great money, listen carefully for the next you know, 20 minutes, because this is, this is essential. I have, I, I just got to say this first, and then we'll, we'll go on to the algorithm from there. I have spent flipping homes um, in the last, you know, 12, 13 years of my life. I've spent, let's say, 98% of my time, of my working life flipping homes, which has enabled me to do a lot of things, but it's created about maybe 15% at most of my wealth. I have spent 2% of my time, but financial engineering, just buying a property, putting a loan on it, 
giving it to my property manager and forgetting about it. And then once every you know, a month later, I'll do the same thing. I'll just put the deposit down. I, these aren't great deals. These aren't, you know, below market deals. These, these are just, re- I'll buy them off the MLS. I'm simply just buying it. I don't want to hustle. I'm already flipping here to make money. So in terms of my own portfolio, I just literally just go, I'll choose a house. I'll put a deposit on it. My wife will put a loan on it, put it in a portfolio and forget about it. I think and it's amazing wanted- that the three of us are, we're real estate experts. Let's just be real about it. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're at the top of our industry, but all three of us, care more about the 2% of our time that we spend building our own portfolios than the 98%. And we are, we are just like our clients, you know, high earners who invest in real estate. That's all we are. We are them. But you look back at what that 2% does. That 2% now represents the 2% of my time and my effort, my hustle level represents a minimum of 85 to 90% of my wealth. This is that 2% of my time. Such good information. It is true. It's just true. You can work hard your whole life and and, and, and remain not wealthy. You can earn money so your you, whole life so and remain not wealthy. So do you think that, because that, uh, like, I mean, me and Scotty can relate. I mean, we talked about a lot of the, the crap we had to put up with today, you know, as, as part of, you know, the sales that we're, we're going through. So are, do you think that we should balance that out? Like that, that instead of your 2% and, you know, maybe that's what it is for us too. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting to think about that, you know, that we should be looking like if you were to write a book on it, David, should we be like putting 20% of our time, right? you know, into this, should this two be turning into 20? It's a great question. That's a really great question. And, and, and it's something that we can't, all that we can do is talk to our kids and talk to people who are younger than us. And give them that option because I can't go back and and, and right. change that stuff. Right. I, I can change it now. Right. And to your point, I do spend more of my time um, working on my own portfolio now than I ever did before. Right. So, it, like, let let's get let's get this to let's make it very very clear to anybody if you're listening to this and you're under thirty five and you're you know you're you're not you're not sixty or above. Wealth creation is created using a really, really simple algorithm. If you're a high earner, listen carefully. Wealth creation is is exactly this. Use leverage debt by time. So debt by time by scale equals intergenerational wealth. Understand what debt is. Debt converts to equity over time. So you take out $2 million worth of debt, you'll be worth $2 million when it's paid off. But inflation, this is the time component. It takes about 20 years for that debt to convert to equity. Inflation is going to create from that debt that you took out. So you took $2 million worth of debt, right? Time will pay it off. So over a 20-year period, the debt will go down to zero. And inflation, the asset that's underwritten by this $2 million, let's say it's $2 million, inflation over a 20-year period will give you about a $4 million asset value. So if you have $2 million worth of debt, that's probably going to be worth a $4 million asset in about 20 years' time, and that asset will be paid off by your tenants. So debt by time and this is the most important part. This is the part that I can't go back and change is scale. 
I know a lot of investors who own one house. I know a lot of investors who own two houses, three houses, but they don't own very much more than that. And so they don't fundamentally change their, their financial outlook. So understand how to use debt. Debt is the asset. Debt is what makes you wealthy. Multiply, uh, understand the value of time. You have one life. Your usual investment horizon is probably from 35 to 50. So when people wake up one day, they went, wow, I've done everything right. I've got a degree and I went to work for such a subcorporation and I'm spending all my time and we're working here, we're doing this, we're doing that. And paying it to my 401k and I've got a wife and two kids and and, and you know what? I'm, I'm now I'm 43, 44. I'm getting a little bit of imposter syndrome at work. I'm feeling a little bit old. I'm feeling a little bit, I'm bored with it. I don't really want to do it anymore. I'm at the top of my, my business and I'm getting, I'm getting worried. And then they look at their 401k and that they've been paying into for, you know, 15 years and it's $1.2 million or $1.3 million. That's fine, but that's not wealthy. And you can't retire at 42 with kids. With 1.2, 1.3 million dollars in your bank account, it's not what you can do. So at that point, that's when people start to wake up and go, "Wow, I'm doing everything right, but I'm not doing. It's not enough. It's almost like that. It's. I'm not going to say that 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 whole mindset is wrong. I'm saying it's almost like people who wake up in their in their mid 40s go, "Shoot, I realize now the value of time. I wish I'd started investing when I was 30 or when I was 25." Being 25 and having money in your pocket and deferring gratification at 25 is a superpower. <laughs> the time is a superpower. If I knew what I knew at 51 when I was 25 and I had access to capital, I definitely wouldn't be on this podcast. Right. You know? You'd be on the beach definitely. drinking pina coladas, well, counting I, your millions. I don't even know if I'd be there, yeah. but I, I just certainly wouldn't even be in the day-to-day -day real estate thing. I'd be managing something else. You want to do something. But understand the power of what I've just said. Understand debt. Understand what's happening over time. Everything's being paid off over time. Everything's inflating. Now, inflation, you know, it's the, it's the buzzword of the moment, but I've been talking about inflation for a long time. You've got two choices with inflation. You can bite inflation. You can walk. You can run into inflation head first with it blowing in your face pushing you backwards or you can put out wings and use inflation to create wealth and just harness inflation to push you forward it's your choice we talk and about assets are the so we, well said yeah we I talk about it all the time the the wings. secret of the people that are not scared of inflation are the wealthy because they own assets that are going up in value they are not they are not consumers. They are owners. They have a large balance sheet and inflation That's does right. not hurt the wealthy. Join them. It's the place to sure. be. And real estate is an amazing commodity because it's one of the few that you can actually use debt as David is ex explaining to build your wealth using other people's money to build your wealth. What an amazing concept. If you're a yeah. high earner and you are not and you do not own real estate, you need to get up tomorrow morning and start looking at the first steps you need to do to get into it. Because you, before you know it, you're going to be a high earner without wealth. And and time is the most important factor. And like David said, it's the one thing you can't change is time. 
So, I mean, you can't buy it. No. You could get more debt. You can get more scale, right. but you can't get more time. It's the one thing you can't go backwards. And I don't I, want I don't people know. to, I just want to clarify one thing. I don't want people to think that David and, and we are talking about leveraging, you know, 150% and just, you know, putting yourself right on the edge of bankruptcy if there's any bumps in the road. No, we're talking about using responsible leverage. You know, it's, it's, you got to be careful who you listen to out there because there's some people that are crazy about, you know, using too much debt, but at the same time you have to use debt. It is the, it, it is the 10 X factor that, that helps you build your wealth. That's right. And scale, you have to understand that you need to do it. If you genuinely want to use real estate as a vehicle for creating wealth. And remember a lot of people think about wealth in a, you know, in a one year you know, time frame like, oh, I think the market's going to go down next year. I think the market's going. I, I, I don't care about the market next year. Yeah, I yeah. really, genuinely don't think the, about you it. You got three people, I, three people here who don't care about short term. Don't care. I do not care don't about care anything short term. Nothing doesn't matter. La- every deal I buy now is for my kids. Yep. It's li- literally, it's for it's for my kids. And in a way, why right now, why would we care what it's worth? We're caring about the cash flow it's generating, and it's paying off right. its own debt. That's all we care about. If the numbers work on paper for us, the value of it is just a, a line on a piece of paper that we don't care about. Right. It's funny you say that. You know, it, for the last couple of years, uh, anybody who's owned a lot of assets, you might, you know, I, I I log in about once a year and I update, you know, the the kind of net worth sheet, right, where I, you know, I increase the value of the assets and that. And it's funny, you know, you go, you say, wow, I, I didn't realize I had an extra X dollars, you know, and over the next year. And so it's cool. It makes me smile, but it doesn't change a thing. Your, your, your net worth in real estate will fluctuate. It'll go up sometimes astronomically and sometimes and it'll go down and that's okay. What, what, what matters though, is my cash flow is sticky. Rents tend to be sticky. And, and this is the next this is the most, I think, the most important thing about real estate, building up a portfolio of real estate for me, is true freedom. And what is true freedom? Is if you know, if you're a high earner, you know, you, you're probably, you know, doing this, that, and the other, and you're putting some money away, and you're putting this away. So earning money, a W-2 income or a high, it allows you to do three things. It allows you to pay your expenses, allows you to pay your taxes, and allows you to save and invest. Well, real estate does exactly the same thing. It, it can cover all of your expenses. It can eliminate your taxes. And the fact that you own real estate is an investment already that's already compounding for you. So a real estate portfolio can act and look and feel and perform the exact same upside in your life as a W-2 income. So real estate and a W-2 income are almost identical. And for me, one of the most important things that we can say to you uh, listeners today is understand. A lot of people say to me, they are, you know, they earn $300,000. They go, oh, you know, real estate, you know, these piddly $300 a month, they're not going to replace my income. And I'm like, you don't understand. These piddly $300 a month are not supposed to, you know, replace your income. What to do, what they're there to do is they're there to only cover your expenses because it does the other two things for you. We're not trying to get, we're not trying to create $300,000 a year of income because you've got to go and spend all your time working. What we're trying to do is we're trying to get to that. Let's say you're married, wife, kids, schools, and you don't, you don't go to, you don't go to a job anymore. So you got to pay your own health insurance and all that. And let's say that's $15,000 a month. Let's say that's what your monthly nut is. That's the goal. The goal is 
passively create $15,000 a month from real estate income. And once you get across that line, you start hitting 15 or 16 or 17,000 a month that comes in. If you get up in the morning, go to bed or whatever it is that you do, if that 15, 16, $70,000 a month is coming into your, from, into your bank account from your investments and that's net, you're free. Yeah, and another way to look at another way to look at that though is if you're a high earner and you have an expensive lifestyle, if you build a real estate portfolio that is out there building your wealth for you, with you can then live on your income. It's just a different lens to look through it for. That's right. Where you can then spend your three hundred thousand dollars a year and live your life, but you're still building wealth. And it's not really you building wealth. It's your real estate building you wealth. It's it you multiply the power of yourself. You know, a healthy portfolio can earn way more than you ever could at any job. At any right. job. So, uh, you know, high earners, they, they have this income, and then they look at investments as a sacrifice of that income. They think, well, I'm only making $300,000. Um, I've got my kids' tuition and all this. I don't want to peel off even more to invest in real estate because it's just less money I'll have. But they haven't really been able to – a lot of people haven't seen the way that you analyze and a lot of the experts analyze real estate and why the wealthy have so much of it is because – it creates its own wealth. It doesn't take away from your your uh, income. It's the opposite. It can start building and building, and you could start taking it. And uh, well, it's I, we so could, frustrating with hearing people talk about the piddly three hundred right. dollars that you talked about, David. Yeah. We we get it all the time. Like, why would I do this? You know, three hundred dollars a month. You know, I really encourage people stop being closed minded. You're talking to three people here that have seen the power of what it can do. And it's, it's amazing. And, you know, we really just, it's awesome to sit here and listen to you. We're so like-minded. We could sit here and, and, and go on for hours, but we, we, we're getting to the end of our time here. We always like to end um, with three questions. Um, Scotty, you want to kick us sure, off? Sure. So question one is what's the best real estate decision you've ever made? Oh, that's a great question. Best real estate decision ever made to quit my job full time with a real estate. Nice. All right. Just do it, man. We talk about it all the yeah. time. Just do it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just go do for it. it. I quit my job and just go for it. I right. like a lot of people, you know, I forget where I heard this. I think it was Denzel Washington of all people. He's a you know, really neat people, man. You know, he, he was giving a speech and said, oh, you know, I always have something to fall back on. I always have something to fall back on. He's like, no. If you're going to do it, go in and make that the only thing. You know, don't yeah. have anything to fall back on. So I Love think that it. I think that's great. What uh, real estate regret do you have, if any? Um, not buying, not holding more sooner. Yeah, simple. That's that was easy. Not holding more inventory uh, way earlier in my life when I was taking the uh, I was taking the 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 the, the rip on the. 20 grand or 30 grand or 40, whatever each deal was, that, that sugar high that you'd get from that. Say, oh, you know, if we do four more, we get more sugar highs. We get more sugar highs. That's a great way to highs. put it. That's a great way to put you it. You know, yeah. I'll take the short-term sugar high. And right. my biggest regret in my life is I've, I've done the math on this. Yeah. I, it's, 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 hundreds of millions of dollars. We just had a bank, just we just had a bank meeting on a on a loan that's a, it's a 26 million dollar uh, commercial project and we said yep. to the guy the, our banker right before lunch we said um 
we don't want to take any of the profit. We're going to just hold the last quarter of it. We're going to make zero dollars on the whole whole project, but we're going to yeah. we're going to uh, deed the you know the last quarter of the project, phase four, uh, into our yeah. own, own names. And and his mind was blown for a second. But I don't want the sugar high. I don't want to make the money on the project. Right. I don't. We don't want the cash. We want to hold real estate and build wealth. It's so powerful. And if you can get over that sugar rush, then uh, that's when you get into the real wealth building. Well, the one last question, and then we'll let you go. It's what advice do you have for the millennials? So for, uh, or even the, the younger generation beyond even them, what advice do you have for those guys and girls? If you, if, if you are... Um, in your 20s and early 30s, know that you're going to be 50 real quick, right? Know that it, whatever it is that you're doing right now, probably get a little bit tiring, a little bit boring later on. But know that your investing horizon, the time frame in front of you, the runway in front of you right now is an absolute superpower. Wealth is created by holding assets over time. Older people don't have time. Younger people have time. Never underestimate the power of the time frame that you have in front of you. Don't waste it saying you're going to do something tomorrow. Don't think you'll get to it later. Don't say you're going to do it when you're 40. The people I know, and I know 45-year-old, 46-year-old retired people down here in Florida. And I asked them, what do you do? It's like, they are the people who deferred gratification in their 20s and 30s. You just talked about an expensive lifestyle. You know, I could, I see young guys all the time in my business. They pull up outside my office in, in, in Porsches and Ferraris mm -hmm. and I just shake my head. I'm like, are you serious? I drive around in a, in 2014 Ford Edge and I still do. I have right? a 2000, I, I have a 1990 Jeep Wrangler that I drive in. Clint, you drive a 1995 two door Chevy Tahoe, everybody. So I'm the one with the fancy car. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Man. Yeah. We could all have, time. we could all have Ferraris and Lamborghinis, but instead we're building wealth. <laughs> And right. living the dream. Right. Well, yeah, I don't know. People car. ask me about my car. I say I drive it because it's awesome. I love my Jeep, yeah. as you know. I love my Jeep, so I don't care. Park your ego, guys. Yep. If you're a millennial, park your ego and understand that time is your superpower. Well, we thank you so much, David. Like I said, we could talk for hours. And you know, to all of our listeners, uh, you could find David Shaw, um, West Florida Invest. I mean, the guy is really, really smart, and we we encourage you. Thank you. You know, to, to look him up. And um, anyhow, if you've made it this far, we'd also really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps us to grow our podcast and reach as many people as we can to help them understand the world of real estate investing. You can also find some short form content on TikTok. You can join that revolution at the Homeboys Podcast. That's at the Homeboys Podcast on TikTok where you can learn even more about the power of real estate. Till next time, happy investing.